Hey everyone, this is Zach, and this is Stuart, and this is a uh, main show episode uh, coming at you. This is Stuart's choice of right. uh, Shining Force Two or Big Bowie Energy. <laughs> yeah, the main character's uh, I guess default name is Bowie. Or... Yeah, I don't don't, yeah. <laughs> don't think that that little. Uh, tidbit escaped me it's like oh cool yeah so yeah like when when i was uh playing part of this game i um could not did you actually finish the game or i didn't so okay i have it on ipad and the Mm -hmm. app for every every other screen change for Mm -hmm. it um is an ad <laughs> oh no so oh so that it's free? got extremely free yeah it's it's um okay. it's free on ipad and i was like this is great i'll play through this yeah um, there's a lot of there's a lot of screen like transitions so i can and, yeah, imagine how so that it's, could be quite annoying. yeah every handful or so it was just like would you like to watch this ad no you're like no <laughs> Well, you've got to give us some money for... Uh, oh, I guess I'll watch the ad then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, I know that on previous episodes, I've said that this game is pretty much my bread and butter. This was one and of the... And I can the, definitely um, see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got the game when it originally came out on the Sega Genesis, uh, which I guess technically makes me a boomer. Am I a boomer? Or a zoomer? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. You're not a zoomer. Um, you're not a boomer though. Um, what am I? <laughs> well, so so this uh, release date you're talking about um, yes. in in North America was October of 1994. So that was 26 years ago. Um, oh man, Japan got it a year early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, this was the yeah October was the uh, the month of of Shining Force Two here in America, um, oh, and nice. for our because we have some European um, listeners uh, and Canadian pick- listeners that we've picked up, um, we are talking about the Sega Mega Drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, I also had a Genesis um, 3, but oh, I, I had the, uh, the, the third model of it right before they, they came out with the um, Sega Saturn. So I had the oh, yeah. really tiny one that was just basically an on button, an off button, and the slot for the cartridges and the controller oh nice yeah, yeah I, um, I did not have the big chunky one with the uh the slider on the side for the headphones <laughs> yeah i did have the uh the chunky one um it was it was a lot of fun but i never ended up getting the uh sega saturn yeah but... i only had one friend whose dad had it and mm-hmm. i don't know the the games you know i think that was the first time i encountered tomb raider hmm I think he had Panzer Dragoon and mm-hmm. maybe Time Crisis with oh. the light gun variant nice. or with the light gun peripheral. Um, Those are the ones I remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm sure I probably had the, the Sanic games. The Sanic. Uh, Sanic. But, <laughs> yeah. But really, out of like all the, I guess, games I owned for the Sega Genesis, Shining Forces was the one that stood out to me or that I remember. Because 
that game was kind of the gateway game that opened my view to like RPGs. Yeah. It's because well, and, and um, this is a specific type of RPG. It's a, a tactical RPG. Right, right. Um, it's akin to your Fire Emblems, which I've Ugh. talked about. <laughs> I've played. <laughs> yeah, um, fi- Fire Emblem is rough, especially the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, is extremely rough. <laughs> I I like the first one. I didn't know that you played the first one. Yeah, um, <laughs> with March and not um, on not on uh, NES, but yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you remember when we were living together, like I had bought a Wii, and then the first game I got, besides like the game that the Wii came with, like the bowling and stuff like that, was Fire Emblem, and yeah. <laughs> you get this like console that has this motion control, and then you buy a game that like has no use for the There's motion no control. Motion controls. <laughs> yeah. It's just a tactical like RPG game. Um yeah. but but yes, this opened my I guess my eyes to that particular genre which I've always really enjoyed. Um I love the tactical RPG uh elements. Um I've played like Final Fantasy um, tactics, as well as all sorts of different other games, but it's it's a game that I go back to um, not every year, but like every other year, just because again, it's a game that I kind of know backwards and forwards, and it's a game that really kind of just resonates with me. So I'm going to be coming at this with, I guess. Um, a very skewed view just because yeah. like i love this game because it it's nostalgic for me it's it's yeah. my childhood in a nutshell well let me see if i can add some to this with with mm-hmm. the uh, like the backstory yeah. um so like like you were saying it was a uh, you know it, it is a tactical rpg it was developed by the sonic software planning team mm-hmm. um it is definitely or not definitely it's apparently much longer than the first game i've never played the first game uh but this one is more free roaming um and you're it's not connected by story to the first uh but apparently there's a game gear uh game that links the two oh that's (laughs) cool yeah Yeah. i've actually never played any of the other shining forces i've tried my hand at like i think one of the they just not ones playable that, or... um they just changed up the whole uh dynamic of it it's not a tactical rpg there's a lot of elements that they've tried to redo that just yeah. um where it's more of just like a standard jrpg where you stand in line and attack people or it ends up being like kind of a, a free roaming game where there is no, like, I guess, um, RPG fighting elements. Like you do level up and stuff like that, but you don't like yeah. it. You don't have the tactical grid based. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I was I was reading on this, and apparently, even though it's called Shining Force Two, um, it's the fifth game in the franchise. Hmm. Okay. Uh, which is strange. Um, 
apparently the sega allotted the same budget for this one as they did for the first game despite oh. that um yeah the the producer was interviewed in 2009 and said that they they were kind of in a precarious position at that point because they knew that if they couldn't produce another hit they would have no future um, oh. <laughs> apparently these games just made back their budget um and maybe a little extra to keep them going but but not they weren't like smash out all-stars like sonic you know yeah um most of the shining series developers uh had left before this one and so they had to be replaced with all new production staff um uh hiroyuki takahashi described the game as an experimental title with an improvised story and enhanced rpg-ness um Hmm. there's no chapter system so players can return to previously visited parts of the world yep um which is is nice because like i i don't know if you've played any of the like nes you know final fantasy games yeah (laughs) um they're very very frustrating (laughs) yeah if you miss a particular item or a particular like power up you're pretty much it's gone (laughs) yeah yeah um and then uh game pro uh so like at the time games press was game pro and egm pretty much mm-hmm. um game pro said that it was you know cheerful upbeat um commented that the soundtrack was out of place the menu is confusing, really? and that it was too rpg generic um hmm. they commented on battles slowing it slowing down the storyline and being kind of cumbersome and i kind of agree just based on the bits that I played that were like whenever you would get in a, in, into a battle, it would cut to a character screen for act. Like, like it wasn't a single plane of battle, I guess, if that makes sense. It was always like there was a cutscene. So I, yeah. I, I can kind of see that. Um, and then, you know, EGM gave it 6.8 out of 10. Um, however, if you fast forward just a little bit of time uh, in the future, um, it's actually the highest selling shining forces game in japan that makes Um, sense in 97 it egm ranked it as the 60th best console game of all time oh Uh, nice oh seven ign uh has it 48 out of 100 of best games of all time Mm -hmm. Uh, and then retro gamer has it as a top 10 must-have mega drive game yeah and actually i play it on the mega drive uh well not on mega drive there's a um on steam an emulator well I guess like an official emulator where you can like buy games and stuff like that. And yeah. um, And don't get me wrong. I like the, the world. Um, mm -hmm. I like, like playing through it. I, one, I I think it's hilarious that there's a, cause I, I've also watched some videos Mm -hmm. um, of, of playthroughs going, going forward. Um, I like the, that there's a centaur character. That's a cavalier. Yeah. Do do you love their names like Chester and like Sarah? Fantastic, yeah. like high fantasy yes, the, names. Yes, Chester and Sarah just really call to mind, you know, high fantasy. Yeah, I know. It's it's um, amazing. They, there's there's a bit that I really, really like where you're rescuing this king who has fallen ill. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to one of the guards outside, um, the comment he makes is, yeah, I think someone poisoned him or something, but if he dies, it's okay. He's old. 
Yeah. I mean, and I'm not sure if it's like the localization team that yeah, it's like threw these things into. Makes, yeah. Yeah. But but there's a lot of like little little hints and stuff like that. Like at the very yeah. beginning, you when you're leaving your mom's house and everything, you can actually go to the um the wash basin and drink the soapy water. What? <laughs> yeah. You know that like little wash basin, like right outside yeah, your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> when you drink it, it's like, ah, it's disgusting. What did you think? And you're like, I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and it's 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 cute. I mean, if well, it's, and and I have to be honest, like this type of RPG is mm-hmm. not really one that i like like i think banner saga is one that's it's a little bit different i think it's mainly the art that draws me into that but um banner saga is art is fantastic um but like if if there was a type of game because like i would love to play this through and through and i thought i would be able to but Mm -hmm. the way that they've chosen to monetize the game in the app store is uh yeah it's not great so i i relied mainly on on watching like let's plays and in uh or actual plays of it um yeah which there aren't actually many let's plays out there of shining there are not there's um there's a string i found where someone plays it i guess technically it's called a long play where Mm -hmm. where they start at the beginning and play through yeah but it's it's literally just watching them yeah, um, I think the, yeah. the actual time to beat is around like thirty hours. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. See, yep. that's much much uh, longer than I would have thought, considering that you know the type of game it is and the time that it came out. I would have thought like maybe twenty two to twenty four. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, hours, because. Right? Pardon. I said, yeah, if that's thirty hours, and that's definitely a long game, especially for the time yeah yeah and there was a lot of um cut scenes there's a lot of uh cin- like cinematic in i guess the um sega saturn or sega genesis uh era uh cinematic like scenes um i i really love the sprite art that they do the as art well is really good in this you know like like i was saying if there was a if there was a um a tactical rpg that i'd I'd want to like just sit and force myself to to go through it would be this one Mm -hmm. um the humor and it's funny the art's funny yeah um i like the setting in that the the setting is like this this fantasy sci-fi mashup that you don't really see outside yeah there's there's like um a bit of like steampunk um aesthetic to it um you do end up getting like a tank yeah (laughs) yeah like the weird mashups like i'm all about that that's that's um it's just something that you don't see very often outside of like very early 80s like role-playing games Mm -hmm. or like these mid 90s rpgs from japan like i think star ocean is another one ah yeah i played star ocean too it was it was another uh great rpg that i really yeah you don't really you don't really get a whole lot of the like sci-fi fantasy mashups so much right Um, so i I just savor them where they they come up though (laughs) i do wish they would have explored a little bit more of the like races um i know that like so you get a, a rat person that um, is on your team, Slade, mm-hmm. but 
that's the only rat person that you ever see. You never see another like rat person <laughs> just like roaming around. Apparently he's the only <clears throat> rat person out there. And then even with Chester, there's not that many like centaurs out there. Um, you do get another female centaur on your team. But um, other than that, like, you know, with the towns and stuff like that, there's mainly, it's just mainly populated by humans. Yeah, I um so I found this this site called Shining Force Central. And mm -hmm. granted, they're more about the entire series. So I don't know like you haven't played all of the other games, but um I played the most recent one. Um and I think it was kind of a uh I want to say an MMORPG that was like yeah. a free to play uh which kind of sucks because usually they get to like a paywall and then you're just like, well, I'm not going to pay like $15 just to upgrade my material or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, um, on this page, I found the races and I, I don't know. I kind of want to run a game where, um, we use these races. <laughs> I have to hack everything together, but, um, so there's Kyantal slash Kantars that hmm. that look like a breed of canine human crossbreeds oh the wolf people sort of well so there's multiple wolf people um <laughs> let's see so uh because you do get a wolf person on your team which is nice because he comes from a village of wolf people so well, well so in in this uh universe apparently kyantal are in shining force shining force cd and then final conflict mm -hmm. uh and also shining force three um then there are halflings which <laughs> when i say halfling what do you picture well i picture like you know frodo from lord of the rings yeah, I mean, I did too, and both of us are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Shining, it refers to any race that's half of one and half of another. Yeah. So <laughs> halflings in the series are wolflings, foxlings, kyantal, monkey men, lion tribesmen, skaven, minotaurs, <laughs> yeah. lizardmen, and salamanders. There's your straight-up centaur. Um, there's bird people. Yeah, which are in Shining Forces too. I really like the bird people. And like yeah. you get a phoenix on your team, which is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Again, fantastic um uh fantasy name, Peter. Peter the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, I love the naming in this. It's it's yeah. like it's it's uh it's just very abusing. And um, again, like I'm not sure if it was just their localization team. They're like, eh, let's not, you know, actually translate these names. Let's let's call them Peter. And then I mean, we'll, we'll call the will, um bird person Luke. Well, I mean, maybe, but then on the other hand, the you have like Sarastral. Well, the, like the, who's your um, teacher and stuff? Main character's default name is Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it could very well be that they're like, huh, we're gonna have a phoenix, and his name's gonna be Peter. Peter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, lo localization is, is difficult, and especially in these older games. Like, you, you can see where some cracks show up here and there. But, oh, of course. Um, 
yeah no the uh the 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 world in it is just very rich for running like a like an actual play um like D &D game (laughs) (laughs) It, it really is and it's pretty nice too because again a lot of the art really like lends to the story yeah where there's just a lot of vibrant colors that they use uh they use a very interesting palette and then their battle system is they you're on a grid base and you have your sprite art of your character but when they actually go into battle it's more of like a fixed image of your character and those images are super cool like of you know the particular characters i will say there are some samey characters like a lot of the mages look the same sure um but nonetheless i do think that you know the variety of like characters really make the game shine (laughs) does it shine in the darkness cd final conflict yeah (laughs) i'll just let myself out yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's it's just a game that i've i've always loved it's a game that um that i go back to and because i go back to it a lot there's a lot of like hidden secrets around there so it's very generic where you and it's very like i said akin to um fire emblem where your characters start out at a lower class and then i believe once they hit level 20 you can upgrade them or you can promote them which they end up changing class but like fire emblem if you have a particular item you can change their class into like a better class which is really interesting and it's um, another way that the playthrough is unique where you may end up finding a particular item that will allow you to upgrade like sarah again this is a little bit of of spoilers for the game but sarah has a unique upgrade that you can find in this um this kind of library in the forest if you go through their books uh and you have to like actually find this force uh like library because once you find that then you have to go through these books and then you'll find this upgrade item which will allow sarah to basically get promoted from being like a high priest into a monk and then she becomes super powerful she is definitely like a a really strong character if you can get her that upgrade also there's mithril that's like littered across the um entire game and if you can pick up all the mithril you can end up making this like super sword that is a uh, very overpowered but um again a lot of the levels are fixed levels so when a character levels certain um attributes actually uh level up and those numbers are all fixed like in um gotcha. yeah so in fire emblem usually when your character levels up 
they'll have a a certain um, set of, I guess, attributes that will normally level up, but they'll level up from like zero to two. In this game, when you actually level up, it's all fixed. So your character, there's not variety in that way where like, you know, a particular character is going to become more powerful in one let in one playthrough than another playthrough. They're all fixed. So gotcha. there's definitely a ranking of like who's a good tier character versus who's kind of a low tier character just because they don't get that many stats. Right. Yeah. Hopefully that wasn't too long-winded. <laughs> no. No, no, not at all cuz I mean like this is a game that like I and like I said like I'm not a huge fan of the the type of game that this is. Mm-hmm. I do really like this game. The the bit that I played before Sega's, you know, need for money kept me from playing more. Yeah. Um the uh like it it is uh you know, very fun. Um It is. And, and one that I, I mean like again I come from a very biased um position just because I love this game and yeah. even if it was like the crappiest game in the world just because I grew up with it I'm always going to probably love it oh yeah I mean there's everyone has the game that that works for them like it yeah. just like or it's just if, it's, if I have if I'm being honest like I still have my PlayStation one copy of Diablo sitting with my other games. And it's, it's like the only PlayStation one game I've kept just because I've logged so many hours into it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's played it so game. much with friends. Yeah. Like I, yeah, it's, it's my type of game. It's, it's like the next level up from a beat. Why? Well, I, I mean, I guess it's a, a hack and slash, but mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's a dumb game, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, you're luckily you seem to have better taste because it's actually a decent game. <laughs> I mean, it's a decent. I, I think it's a fantastic game for its genre. If yeah. you enjoy tactical RPGs, this and you haven't played Shining Forces too, I cannot highly recommend this game. Like this game is fantastic, and it's on Steam for like four dollars. So. If you don't want to do the ad stuff that you know Zach's yeah. been dealing with, uh, jump on to Steam. Although, be sure to check your um, the requirements of the, that your computer will will work with it because that was going to be my other option. Mm-hmm. Apple upgraded their processors to sixty four bit, and mm. so at the time of this recording, at least, um, Shining Force Two is not playable with my current os version because they don't support any of the 64 bit um that's not great (laughs) that's not great uh like more than half of my library is locked out Um, that sucks i'm sorry to hear that i mean to be honest you know i like a lot of people will see a deal on steam and go i'm gonna add that to my computer list yeah and then i'll never play it so (laughs) yeah you know really it's it's not the worst but you know definitely be be careful and check your computer keep or uh compatibility i guess Mm -hmm. with with this game um just because apple loves upgrading things and keeping people from playing games i guess (laughs) yeah i i I guess (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
But uh, well, did you have any final thoughts on Shining Force Two? I mean, it's a game that I love. It's a game that does really have a rich story to it. Um, yeah, it's a game that takes its time, sort of telling that story. You explore different areas, different areas of this world. You meet a whole cast of characters. The, I believe the writing is funny. I'm not sure if it was intentional, but it is funny. Um, the <laughs> art is fantastic. I love the battle system. I can understand if maybe it's not your particular um, cup of tea. But if like you enjoy RPGs or if you enjoy like tactical games, I I would highly recommend this game. And yeah. I know it's it's going to be a game that I'm going to keep on coming back to just because yeah. it's a game that I know that I love and that I know how not how to play, but I know that I'm going to have a good time when I play it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, commenting on the battle systems, they're they're not as bad as you, you'd think, like, a games would be. Because, like, at this point, thinking of when this came out, I don't remember when Earthbound came out. I think it was around the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you had Shining Force, then you had uh, Final Fantasy and Fantasy Star... And maybe a couple of other J JRPGs that kind of ripped off that, but like, well, like that that sort of battle system. But Shining yeah. Force Two actually has a really decent battle system. Like, I, I think Earthbound and Chrono Triggers probably work a little bit more quickly. Like, they're it's easier to get into a fight and get through the fight, so you can mm -hmm. continue the story. But compared to like Fantasy Star or um, Final Fantasy, Shining Force is way, way better as, as a battle system. Yeah, and their battles are quick. Well, yeah. their battle um, sequencing is quick. So yeah. when you like execute an attack or execute a magical um, spell, it's not like a long-winded animation or anything like that. It's, it's fairly quickly. So you can yeah. move through those battles fairly quickly as well. Um also so they have very basic stats they have like attack defense agility hit points and mana yeah mp points the thing is there are like i, I wouldn't call them hidden stats but they're stats that the game doesn't really explore like if like you have a high stats? defense well so I don't think they split up defense great just because defense mm -hmm. is a um, is a stat that has different varieties to it. So a person with a high defense could, you know, not take that much damage from physical attacks, but a magic attack will deal a lot of damage to that particular character. Right. And... Again, I don't think it's specifically said anywhere, like, why that is, or, you know, if that's a, um, you know, a particular, not a bug, but, like, something that they intended or or not, so. Yeah. 
But yeah, again, like this game is a game I grew up with. It's a game that I revisit. It's a game I kind of know like the back of my hand. It's something that I really enjoy like playing through and it's always going to be on my top five list of games. Yeah. And which we should probably explore that at some point. Like, yeah, I wouldn't mind writing it. Like maybe do a list show or something. I mean, shoot, it'd probably be like top three. That's that's how I, okay. Yeah. That's how much I, I, um, I really love this game. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, and, and, you know, I, despite me not being able to play through it, start to finish because like i think I, I was texting with you when i first started the game and i was just like oh man this is way better than i had envisioned <laughs> like because and not not like on a taste level but like just uh considering when it came out mm-hmm. um a lot of those older games are very rough to play and so like i think i was texting with you when i first started and i was just like this is actually really really easy to get into <laughs> yeah it's, it's very um user friendly yeah where i will say so i i can understand the the criticism of the i guess ai or not ai but the um interface yeah uh it is a little big so when you open it up it gives you four menus and then those menus have sub menus and it can get a little confusing at first and probably it doesn't bother me just because I like I know the game, um, but I can see if it was your first time playing it how it might be a little cumbersome, right? But it's it's definitely something that you know somebody could figure out. I don't think it's anything that would um, really hinder anybody from enjoying the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's that's a big thumbs up from both of us. Yeah. Um, or I guess two two thumbs up per person. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's definitely worth checking out and it's in a variety of different places. I'm I'm sure with the PS5 coming out, Sega's going to release another like uh like games bundle like like they they do. They've they've done that for every um generation from PS2, PS3, PS4. So Yeah. Presumably, so sure it'll, it'll probably be on there. that as well on the console at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, it's on Steam, it's on Apple. I'm sure it's on Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, get your your hands on a copy and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you want to move on into the me me me's? Yeah, yeah. Cool. If you um, are ready yeah yeah um so i've got four things i've got a a movie two shows and a comic okay i've just got a probably like maybe two or three general things okay so we'll Um, we'll let you start first okay yeah so uh i watched through um i i think playing a a video game from the mid 90s had me in the same headspace so I uh, saw it was on, I think it was on Netflix, but I pulled up and watched um, Mortal Kombat, the film. Okay. (laughs) Like the original Uh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know if you ever... 
watched it. Yeah, that came out in 95, mm, I want to yeah. say. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I think it's probably one of the better video game movies. <laughs> I, I think I saw it like at a birthday party, slumber party sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's pretty much the story of the first video game. Um, you're introduced to the characters, and they're dressed and act how you, you would expect them to be dressed and act like. Um, I believe Gore was in there. Pretty, pretty well, I mean, right, yeah, Raiden was not um, exactly the same, but like, you know... Shang Tsung was pretty close. Liu Kang was pretty close. Sonya, mm-hmm. Johnny Cage, Kano, um, Sub Zero, and Scorpion. Yeah, I mean it's the originals. It's yeah. the hits. Um, Reptile is in it, uh, and Reptile looks badass. <laughs> oh yeah, I think he was like digital, like when yeah, he, he was all back. digital. Prince Goro is in it too, and Goro is an interesting blend of CG and animatronic that I'm surprised they they wanted to attempt with this bullshit video game movie. Yeah, probably with the budget (laughs) that they had. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it's you know it's exactly what you'd expect from like a fighting game from the time. It's like yeah, these people are invited to participate in a random tournament on a random island somewhere in the south pacific yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like well that's that is in fact the game um yeah (laughs) it's um you know they're they're remaking it um whatever movies are happening again i guess in 2022 or 2023 or something Um, so i mean it's in my opinion, the best of the the video game movies that have come out because like all all I like random adaptations, and Resident Evil is entertaining enough. Yeah, but like if you're looking at an adaptation as like the closest version of the game that it's adapting, like this is this is the one that's the closest. I think. Do you know when Monster Hunter's coming out? When you said Resident Evil, I was like, oh yeah, Monster Hunter. It's um, the same studio. Yeah, well, it's a, so it's the same actress and director. Um, yeah, that is coming out at the end of this year. Okay, supposedly. I I don't know if I'm going to risk my health going to a theater to see it. I mean, I assume that they would stream it. Or oh, they just no, they're they... they're not going to risk losing oh. money on that movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, Joe. Like, it would be so easy for them to stream it, but like, I think they've, you know. I, I think that executives are very um, cautious about putting things on streaming because they're all old and they don't know how it works. Yeah. When they've made a movie for $100 million. Jeez. Um, mm. So, actually, I don't think Monster Hunter has a $100 million budget. I'm so... I, yeah, I'm not I sure. I remember it, like, the big news around Monster Hunter being that it actually had a budget that was more in line with what a big budget film would have had in like the mid nineties. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. So it's, it's budget is 60 million. So mm. yeah, that would have been a, a gigantic like blockbuster budget in the mid nineties. Um, which I don't know. How... Uh... Oh no, it's releasing on December 30th. Yeah. December 30th. Yeah. 60 million. 
was the budget. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really got into Monster Hunter, but like, it's a cool concept. <laughs> I didn't either. My brother got way into Monster Hunter, and he's super into Black Desert Online right now. He keeps trying to get me to make a character, and I'm like, Black man, Desert that is Online. Just... Is that an MMORPG? Yeah. Yeah, he get he got into an MMO, and it's it's one of those weird Korean MMOs that that looks kind of like a JRPG, but looks real dark and brooding at the same time. Hmm. Um. Strange. But yeah, he's he's playing it on Xbox because it's it's a, a console one as well. Like you can play it on computer or console or whatever. And isn't that hard to play to get... like an RPG or one of those RPGs on? Like the console, I mean, Monster Hunter, I think is set up for it. Um, BDO, I, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I was just curious. I mean, Skyrim <laughs> or the the Elder Scrolls one had had other issues that kept my wife from from playing it for too long. But yeah, it seemed pretty set up. Um, Neverwinter is is pretty well set up. Um, yeah, because I tried playing. Um pso online uh on the xbox and just like navigating menus not having like a mouse is just awful it sucks so much <laughs> like i need a mouse and a keyboard if you want me to play your um mmor oh so you you stopped playing pso then yeah even though i mean i really enjoyed like the world i played fantasy star online when it was on the um sega saturn or not sega saturn <laughs> the sega dreamcast yeah Okay. Well, yeah, and and that's that's me. By the way, is just go watch Mortal Kombat, people. If you've never seen Mortal <laughs> Kombat, it's combat with a K because it'll kick your ass. Well, um, if we're talking about MMORPGs, <laughs> um, I played for a little bit. Um, Genshin Impact. Have you ever heard of that game? I have. Um, I yeah. was talking with another one of my friends who who is has also um, been diving into that recently, and he was just like. Yeah, it's a gotcha game. It's, it's a gotcha uh... game. It's a gotcha game with all sorts of waifus. And yeah, he was trying to convince me, and I was like, I'm pretty sure. Like, I was on the um, on a Zoom call with yeah. him. And, like, if I got into a gotcha game, my wife would murder me. And it's not. <laughs> it's not good. Um. So, so the thing is, uh, so I I started um playing it. And it's, you know, it's it's your basic gotcha game where at the very beginning they give you all sorts of stuff. They're like, you can roll for anything. And, you know, I will admit that the game does look pretty. It looks really beautiful. They've got great voice actors. And they ended up um, spending a lot on the actual gameplay because it's very akin to breath of the wild where you can basically roam and do whatever you want yeah all the screenshots um have have to me look exactly like breath of the wild yeah and it's great <laughs> because like they've got the climbing system they've got the stamina system it's really cool the way that they do like the party system where you can like swap out different members and everything along those lines 
that's all great. And like, I love all of that. Like all the mechanics are really awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's a gotcha game at its core, which really sucks because yeah, I mean, I really would love to keep on playing that game, but I hit that paywall. I hit that particular wall sure. where, because the way that your characters increase is if you get duplicate of those characters. So yeah. if you get like a level, you know, a level S uh, ranked character, the highest level character, that's great. But that character has a skill tree. And the only way that you can unlock those skills is by getting another one of those characters. Yeah. And it's like the super rare character. So you only have like a 0.5% chance of getting that character. Uh, and it's it's like, I don't want to like spend money to roll to try to get these characters. Like if it was an actual game with like a price on it, like 20 bucks, shoot, even if it was around like $40, I might be all about it. Because, again, the mechanics and just the fighting system, because it's um, it's not like turn-based or anything like that. It's actual, you know, um, real-time mechanics and everything along those lines. So, I don't know. It's just, it was disappointing because I thought that it would be a game where I could enjoy it and you know have fun with it but eventually you just hit that paywall and you're like i'm not going to spend you know five hundred dollars trying to roll to get a particular character yeah but yeah again their mechanics are super cool because like each character has a elemental affinity for them like one character is like fire uh affinity and another character is like water affinity and you can quick like real time swap out your characters and then you can do combos with like elements like if you have a water character and a character that does electricity they can do like a combo or like an ice character and a fire character like everything seems super cool it's just like i'm not down <laughs> with the um with the you know rolling and pain and stuff like that that's yeah, not my the, jam the the gotcha stuff is just super frustrating to yeah hear about like I, well and i was listening to a um to the game informer podcast and one of the writers there was saying that yeah like it right now it's it's on target to be his game of the year but like there's a star next to it because it's a gotcha game and he it is like can't in good conscience recommend a gotcha game <laughs> i i know i know and i would i would love if that game was not a gotcha game i would love if that game was an actual like just all the mechanics, all the voice acting, all the art. If that was all there, but like there was no gotcha, you could pick your characters and you could level up and like build their tree. I would love that. That would be such a great game, but that's not the game. So, yeah. you know, I got to that point where I was clearly under level and I would need to invest money to like get to that level and like i'm not going to invest money i'm sorry yeah like if you can't present it to me in a neat little package um i'm not interested in pursuing it sorry yeah 
So yeah. that was a little frustrating because again, it's a really good game. Like I I I can see where that person was in that predicament where I would love to recommend it, but it's a gotcha game. So I'm I stopped playing it because that's not that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's me. Um, I, I, you know, okay. I played that for a bit, and then I got to that particular wall, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm done." Um. Okay. Well, I um. So one of the shows that I watched was Waco, um, and it's not a continuing show for obvious reasons, um, mm-hmm. because the government murdered a bunch of people in a house. Mm-hmm. Um, the, <laughs> um it so it's available on netflix it's uh i want to say like six to eight episodes like it's a mini series right mm-hmm. and so it it tells the story from two different perspectives like one of them is one of the survivors of it and the other one is from the perspective of the um one of the original negotiators that they had brought in to kind of get everyone out. Yeah. Um, I really recommend it. Um, well, so I recommend it with a caveat. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, be very suspicious about some of the on the surface information that the, that the story is trying to push on you. Um, just because I love weird true crime shit yeah (laughs) Um, you do i've i've done significant outside reading of of accounts and what was going on where and it's like mm, they're really going hard and heavy into pushing the line that you know it's kind of like conspiracy yeah well no it's it's like they're 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 pushing it's it's the opposite actually like they're they're trying to push the story that um you know koresh was not as dangerous as he actually was and Hmm. you know the fbi or in the atf did all this stuff which let's let's be real they're they're like they did a whole lot of bad things um in handling the situation um Mm -hmm. things that they lied about later even though there's video evidence of them lying about it, of the yeah. things they're saying we didn't do this it's like really because there's a tank here and it's clearing out the side of the building um you say you didn't you anyway the way they present this information is it it, it treats this cult leader with um far or paints him in a in a far better light than he actually was because let's be real he was also molesting children yeah. um, they don't ever really touch on that like they treat it like it was slander but like even like survivors of it have come out and said no no he was he was doing these things that they've accused him of. yeah um, so be careful watching it like don't buy in to a hundred percent of what what they're trying to convey to you it's very well acted um it's you know it's you know michael shannon's in it john leguizamo is is also in it um it's just funny to me like they um they 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 do some things in it 
and then they they um kind of abridge certain scenes so that they're not quite as ridiculous as they first appear mm-hmm. um because like in in real life what the fbi did or the atf did is um they they set up in a house across from where the uh, branch davidian compound was and these like six men in their mid to late 30s maybe early 40s who never left the house tried to tell them that oh yeah we're just college students going to hmm. college in town it's like no you're very obviously staking us out yeah <laughs> you're you're very like, you know, so so there's scenes like that in there um they heavily imply that one of the atf um people who was staking them out actually got involved in it and that's a whole thing that i'm I'm not sure if that's true or not like to me that seems like it was added for dramatic purpose but yeah um, yeah no i do recommend it if, if you like true crime stuff um just be prepared to approach it with a level of disbelief okay nice yeah well i've got one last thing for at least okay. this episode um it was a movie that i only got i guess halfway through um it was uh the social dilemma um it's again on netflix as well it kind of talks about you know um media well not media it talks about facebook and no it didn't sort of like the whole like online culture and everything Hmm. just like where we are as an as an um are as people and everything and like how we're basically glued to our our phones and whatnot and how they've done studies about like people can't stay off of social media for so long and it was it was like i could understand where it was coming from but maybe it's i don't have that particular like problem or anything along those lines and like i don't think many people i i'm not 100 percent sure but like you know it also talks about like how google and how facebook you know try to Basically, they're selling ads because they're making sure that you're going to like be on there and that they want you to like stay on there because they can sell those ads and how they use like basically like data mining and everything along those lines just to like determine what kind of ads to show you and things along those lines. And it's it's a lot of just like I guess information that you would kind of already know if you were, I don't know, not savvy about it, but like... If you were paying attention in the slightest. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and again, it's like, you know, they are learning about like how to optimize, I guess, their particular, not brand, but like how to make sure that people are like staying on there and using all of the particular 
means to make people like keep on coming back and like looking at their phones and stuff like that like keep on checking facebook keep on checking instagram or twitter and things along those lines yeah i I don't know how true that is of google but like i mean i will say that there's there's a lot of stuff that's come out specifically about facebook of Mm -hmm. manipulating users emotions and like purposely getting them angry and purposely radicalizing people yeah Um, and you know it, it harks back to the um 19 or not 19 2016 like election with everything being so polarized and again this is kind of i don't know it it felt like stuff that i had not personally me but like i feel like other people would know and then you know they try to do that whole like documentary slash like them trying to tell a story and stuff like that so Within the documentary, they are sprinkling this, like, story of this, like, you know, typical American family with, like, three kids and how the three kids can't, like, function without their phones or their iPads or being on, like, Instagram or whatever. And maybe it's just because I'm not able to relate to that story. I just kind of felt it a bit contrived and it didn't really help out the documentary at all, so... I don't know. I just halfway through, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard other people criticize that and like basically saying, yeah, this is yesterday's news. Like, I guess more people will be aware of it because it's on a documentary on Netflix now. But like, if you were paying attention or gave a shit about it, you already knew that it was going on. Yeah. Like that's mainly the criticism that I've heard from it is that it's, it's, um too little too late i guess or like just kind of catch or cashing in on the zeitgeist of like yeah it it seems more like a documentary that didn't need to be made but it was a documentary (laughs) that was made because money so yeah so i stopped watching it like halfway through gotcha yeah so what i'm hearing is that you're not recommending it like doing anything what (laughs) For what I'm hearing from your Mimi Mies is you did not enjoy doing anything. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I sunk in a bunch of time into things that just didn't just pan like, out. Well, did not pan out. Yeah. No, but like going back to the Genshin Impact, I enjoyed playing that game. Like, sure. I, I had fun playing it. Yeah. Um, I just, I wish I could keep on playing it. But again, <laughs> hit that wall. And I'm like, I'm not going to fork over money yeah sorry you've yeah like it's great that you're free and all but like no (laughs) yeah because you're not free you just have that illusion free it's it's, um portrayed i guess is like yeah we're a free game it's like really then how did you make 300 billion dollars the first like week you were on (laughs) yeah but no like i i enjoyed investing that time until i got that wall like it was a lot of fun just like you know, seeing the world, seeing how much effort they put into everything, but like, I'm not going to continue it because yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just not going to spend that money. Well, um, you know, piggybacking off of you watching about a documentary about tech companies, um, mm-hmm. I finished a show called Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about that. 
Um, I really, really like that this show. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's probably in my like top ten favorite shows. Oh, cool. Um, it's, I know that they did some filming here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. They well, it's funny the um in the the well. Okay, so I will respond to that in a second. So okay. the second <laughs> of the air of this show is um, you know, it's it's got it moves through time. So you see the the effects of what these people are doing, but it follows um, tech people. They start out in uh, Texas in the early eighties for a uh i think they're a software development firm mm-hmm. but um you know basically they're they're trying to put together a piece of hardware that is competitive with other computers at the time and so the drama for those 10 10 episodes is set around that mm-hmm. uh, it fast forwards in time a little bit between season two and season three where you know season two is more focused on here rather than talking out of my ass let me pull up (laughs) wikipedia page for it um and i could tell you exactly when they're set so uh the first season uh starts in yeah 1983 uh, in a, Bal- a Dallas-based uh, mainframe software company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to... The main characters are trying to develop a piece of hardware to go out that's competitive with other other computers on the market at the time. Um, season two goes forward two years um, in time. Um, there's a whole lot of fuckery that happens at the end of the first season that I'll leave out of any spoilers. Um, yeah. But the characters... The characters always, because they're in the same circle of, of people with similar experiences and in the same industry, they'll have, because it's a drama, like, they'll have falling outs with each other, but they're still kind of in the same circles, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, see, like I said, season two is set in 85. Um, some of it focuses on the, like chat rooms and multiplayer video game type stuff that's going going on oh that's cool uh let's see season three goes forward another year uh moves to a different location outside of texas um and then the fourth season is set in i think 1990 um i don't have a time listed here but it's um it's right before like the browser wars happen. oh yeah um and so like it's it's interesting to me in less than 10 years like i because i i not having been cognizant of any of this going on at the time even though i was alive for some of it um it, you know it's a bit of history that's always fascinated me like i love reading about like early days of apple and the early days of microsoft and stuff like that and so this mm-hmm. is a show very much like that um and and based around that period of time because like that's that's 10 years and there's like decades worth of progression that go on and that's really cool that you know they take those like huge steps and everything yeah and it's interesting to see where it where it starts out because it's like yeah this is less than a decade of 
changes and it's like you started out making mainframes and then now you're having to to not only describe but or not only describe technology that isn't available at the time but convince other people that there will be a thing like a search engine without having the words to describe what that search engine does yeah it's it's very interesting to me at least um so yeah i highly recommend that um but in response to your your question about it being shot around atlanta uh yes they um i think they shot exclusively other than like b-roll for exteriors uh and other locations they shot exclusively in in and around the the georgia area but specifically atlanta um yeah. there's a scene in like the first episode where uh, one of the characters is with his wife and they're walking out of a movie theater and they're approached by another character in the show uh, and they kind of have a, a, a back and forth there. But like, because I've been there so often, it's like, that's the Plaza Theater, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where that is. Oh, and like, awesome. you know, they, they go out to their car and they, they catch the Plaza behind them and it's like, yep, there's, okay, there's all of the places around the Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I actually saw them filming at um, Piedmont Park once. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine so. Um, mm-hmm. they, yeah, it, was, uh, it was cool. It was just kind of yeah. cool to, like, see the whole process and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and like I said, I really recommend this show. You're an Atlanta native. Um, you're actually mm-hmm. one of the only people I know who's from it. Like, everyone else I know has moved here. Yeah. <laughs> but um i was born and raised here in atlanta you might find some fun watching through and trying to figure out where they're at (laughs) yeah i mean atlanta definitely has its famous like landmarks and everything yeah which is super cool to see um and then i guess the uh the last thing i did um because you said you were done right yeah yeah i was going to save this stuff for next time Gotcha. Um, and then uh, the other thing I did was I, I finished this comic that I had started way back in the pandemic and was just waiting on the last volume to, to make its way to me mm-hmm. um, called The Autumn Lands by Kurt Busiek and Ben Dewey. Have you ever read that? No, I've never heard of that before. Oh, so Kurt Busiek is is kind of well known. Like he's he's the uh, author behind um marvels uh let me see if i can find i didn't pull up a bibliography of his but uh he's kind of well known in the comics industry um let's see uh jla avengers action comics um he's done a lot of work with dc but um yeah so autumn lands is kind of a um of not a vanity project it's under the image comics label mm-hmm. so it's, it's a a comic that you know he owns fully because that's how image does their stuff um but uh, originally i think it came out under let's see yeah tooth and claw so mm-hmm. the on the surface the comic is just kind of like a like a fantasy right mm-hmm. and then it slowly but surely turns into oh this is just really far in the future 
<laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, it's it's one of those like like um, like there's a lot of like precursor technology and stuff like that in it. Stuff that I I really like. Um, but it's Neat. it's a fantasy sci-fi, and it it I figured it was appropriate to talk about it, considering that Shining Force Two is also kind of a fantasy sci-fi. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I highly recommend the Autumn Lands. It's it's a uh, very interesting the story's kind of predictable but the art is very good um the because yeah like the the i know it's a spoiler for me to say oh it's actually really far in the future but like you find that out like on page 20 in a 200 page volume so oh, wow like yeah. not exactly a spoiler um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah it's it's um it's really good. I definitely recommend it to people who are interested in um, unique uh, comic stories. Um, I feel like I say this a lot, probably because I'm missing out on playing RPGs with people. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play. You know what? I think it would be fun to play a... Um, I don't know how you do it because, because of how the different people are, but... Um, it seems like it'd be ripe for like a, a um, either a torchbearer or maybe even a burning wheel game. Yeah, that might be interesting, like yeah. adaptation. Yeah, hmm. um, you'd probably have to use some of the monster burner rules. I th- I'm thinking from revised to like make some of the characters because they're just not. <laughs> yeah, they don't really follow a life path the way everything is described in that. But um, regardless, I recommend that. I, I enjoyed all my stuff. Um, well, that's good. <laughs> Glad somebody did now. <laughs> yeah, a, a good a little bit of silver lining time, I guess, for, for myself. And, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, now. That I, uh, I really enjoyed. Good, good. Yeah. Um, so I guess with that... Um, our current book club book, which we'll probably talk about in a couple weeks, is um, I, I think we were both in agreement, right, of doing um, zeros and invasive in one episode because yeah. they're not very not they're long. Not, yeah. they're not I mean, long, not I didn't talk about this in the me me me, but like I went out camping and I took those books along with me and yeah. finished them. They weren't that bad. They weren't yeah, you know, they're, long they're very quick to read they, they're like um summer beach books mm-hmm. um kind of like a like a michael Crichton thing but we'll get into that later um those, those are the uh the book club books they take like no time to read um they're very short yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah uh after that the next uh or let's see before that the next episode is on 1990s total recall yeah <laughs> Get to the moon. Yeah. Well, not the moon. Oh, well, I'm thinking of something <laughs> else, right? Mars, 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 Mars. Right, right, right. Yeah, you gotta get to Mars. Mars. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that next week. And uh, in the meantime, um, shoot us messages on Facebook or um, I don't know, like us, like us on Google, like us in in your particular podcatcher. But especially yeah. in uh, Apple podcasts, uh, really boosts our rankings. Um, mm-hmm. So like us there, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, can uh, 
kind of con attendance is canceled for the foreseeable future uh yeah. until they start in person again. <laughs> i mean that's always a disappointment you you just can't do anything but laugh like there's literally nothing you can do but laugh um this will be coming out after the election so i hope that people voted um but i can't even say go vote because this will come out too late yeah um <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, on that note, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and wear your masks, stay safe. And be kind with each other. Yeah. Rewind, baby. Bye. <laughs> Bye.